Now that Corbin Burns is gone from the NL Central, who is the top starting pitcher in the division? Is it the Cardinals' new ace, Sonny Gray? We'll break it down on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio, and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. If you're going to stop by YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. And comment. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid to speak out and tell us your opinions on everything that's going on on each and every episode. That way you're interacting with us because that's what I'm looking for. I want you to be a part of this show. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So with the Brewers sending former Cy Young Award winner and staff ace Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles, it made me ponder, if you will, hmm, who is the stop? Who is that? I shouldn't say stop. Who is the top starting pitcher? in the National League Central. That's what I want to talk about today because it's an intriguing question. I put up a poll on our Twitter X page and the overwhelming result was that Sonny Gray was uh, the top pitcher in the division. But I had a feeling it was going to go that way because Cardinal fans are the ones who follow me most. It's not going to be as many Pirates and Brewers and Cubs or Reds fans that are chiming in on this. So, um, I heard from a lot of them, too, and they were giving me reasons why their guys should be the ones that are considered the top pitcher in the NL Central. So um, I thought we would talk about it today. It's, it's an interesting subject. Uh, the Brewers, they just lost a massive chunk of what made them special by moving on from uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, who, when healthy, if you go look at the numbers, might have actually been the better starter of the two in the division. Now, you can make an argument for that when you go back and look at what Brandon Woodruff had done since 2019. Record of 41-23, and 23, so that's a 641 winning percentage. Uh, had an ERA of 2.93, 709 strikeouts in 595 innings, which is a, a 10.7 strikeouts per nine average. You had the whip of 1.015, an ERA plus of 145. The dude was a stud. The strikeouts are the only thing that Burns beats him over that same time period. Now, Burns has been particularly nasty since 2020. He's 37 and 22 with a 627 winning percentage. His ERA is 2.86. Uh, the strikeouts per nine rate, 11.1. The whip under one at 0.996. ERA plus of 146. So that tandem, that dynamic duo has been the cornerstone of the Brewers' success for the last few years. And then you had for a number of those years, Josh Hader as your closer. You had Devin Williams as the setup guy for a little bit. Now Williams is the closer, but they've always had some really, really, really good pitching. But those guys are gone now. Those guys are out. 
leaving not necessarily a void in the division, but you know, there's going to be some some shuffling as far as how the starting rotations go, and uh, particularly who are the top starters in the division. So, I don't think it needs to be said really. But if when Woodruff does become healthy again, I'm sure the Cardinals and every other team <laughs> in the league will be there to watch him throw and be willing to pounce on him if he's able to come back uh, anywhere near the level that he was uh, before the shoulder issues put him on the shelf for most of last year and probably all of 2024. We don't know how quickly he's going to heal, but the odds are that he probably won't pitch this year. So we'll keep an eye on that, but it's not something that's like, impending that Woodruff is supposed to sign with anybody right now. Um, so you have those two guys gone. Uh, the Cardinals traded Jordan Montgomery at the deadline, and he obviously went on to have a lot of success with the Rangers and is eventually going to get paid by somebody. I don't know who. I don't know when. It's been kind of crazy to think that what, what are we, we're on the, the 4th of February right now. So 10 days, 10 days until pitchers and catchers report, and neither Montgomery nor reigning and El Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell have found homes yet, although there's rumors that the Phillies are a, a secret team right now for these guys. But Montgomery would have probably gotten some votes uh, as the top pitcher after what he did uh, this past postseason if he were to come back to the NL Central. It doesn't appear that that's going to be the case, but we'll see. But there's still plenty of good pitchers uh, remaining in this division. So let's look who at who like are the are the top starters on each team and we'll then make a decision at the end here of who we think is going to be the new number one starting pitcher in the NL Central this season. So since this is a Cardinals podcast, um, I'm not going to screw around and start with somebody else. We got to start with the obvious choice in St. Louis, in St. Louis, and that would be Steven Matz. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, you heard me right. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is the choice here, obviously. Gray coming over from the uh, Minnesota Twins last year. Uh, obviously had a tremendous season in Minnesota. Uh, it was a, a Cy Young-worthy season. Good enough to finish second in the voting to the Yankees. Garrett Cole, who received all 31st place votes. The naysayers uh, will point out Gray's record when trying to detract from his season. He finished 8-8, eight and eight, right? That, uh, that's not anything special. Nothing pops off the page there and goes, yeah, best ever. But we all know that win totals don't always paint the entire picture of how good a guy actually was. For what it's worth, Gray's adjusted pitching wins was third behind the two Cy Young winners in Garrett Cole and Blake Snell at 3.3. So just putting it out there. Uh, wins above repl uh, replacement. He finished fourth in the league for starters at 5.3. Once again, behind Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, and then Logan Webb for the Giants. His ERA, he was third behind Snell and Cole at 2.79. Uh, ERA plus, third behind Snell and Cole again at 154. His uh, FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, tops in the league at 2.83. Now, I don't think anyone is arguing that he isn't good. And then, of course, last year, he was really good last year. I would expect a little bit of regression from Sonny Gray, just to be honest, because he was that good last year. The win totals don't say it, but the rest of his numbers do. But the question is, if we're going to be honest about what Sonny Gray is and uh, who he is going to be this year, is can he do it again at age 34 on a brand new team who's coming off a really, really crappy season? Can he do it again? And beyond that, for the next two or three, four years, hopefully for the Cardinals, that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. We don't know. 
We don't know. But he's certainly one of the favorites to be the top starter in the division this year. I don't think you can argue that he's not. So uh, let's go look at some of the other teams in the division. Uh, we'll start with the Cubbies next on Locked on Cardinals. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, it's all about finding the best seat on the couch, uh, grabbing your favorite football snacks. Uh, I was I was having a discussion with my guys the other day, like, what, what's like your number one food when it comes to football? Most of them said like chicken wings. That's that's their favorite one to eat. Uh, I'm a nachos guy, no matter what sport it is. So uh, I like to do that. But it's always fun gathering everybody together and enjoying the snacks, just the surroundings and the ambiance of Super Bowl Sunday. And of course, placing some super bets and FanDuel has a lot of ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three or how many you want to get to because not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 which is coming up a week from today between the Chiefs and the 49ers uh, you've also got other ways that you can win fun ways to place bets and make the game even that more interesting like which players will score a touchdown if you don't pick Christian McCaffrey to score one I don't know what you're thinking He's going to score one. I mean, that's what he does. Uh, how many points will be scored over under 47 and a half right now? Uh, I know the uh, Chiefs are getting two and a half points as far as the line goes at the moment. I'm still sticking with Kansas City. Uh, you can bet on rushing yards from Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. You can do sacks with like Nick Bosa and Chris Jones. So many different ways to place bets and win. New customers, you join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit Fandle.com slash locked on to sign up. That's Fandle.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports book partner of the NFL. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. On YouTube, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national show shows, which uh, cover every single league. So what you need to do is go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments down below on YouTube. I want to hear from you because this is a, a controversial subject because we've got people from all the teams saying, no, 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 my dude, my dude is the best pitcher. And the other people are going to argue with them. And we'll have some fun back and forth between the fan bases. But uh, leave them on YouTube. Also on Twitter X, if you want to hit me up there, you can as well. Feedback always welcome and encouraged. Uh, let's talk about the Cubs. Uh, they did add uh, Shota Imanaga this offseason. And some people like the move. Some people uh, don't quite think his stuff is going to play all that well at the MLB level, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm not going to judge him yet. He could end up being a, a huge piece for the Cubs this year. But the guy, when you look at the Cubs pitching staff uh, for a number of years, Kyle Hendricks was their top guy. But right now, ace of their staff is undoubtedly the left-hander, Justin Steele. All right, so Steele has only pitched in the major leagues for three seasons. So he hasn't been around very long. And before 2023, he had a career record of 8-11. and 11. His ERA was at 3.53 and 33 starts, so nothing great. Strikeouts per nine, 9.5 over that period. That's pretty good. ERA plus, 119. That's pretty good. But last year was just like just an explosion. He burst onto the scene. He goes 16-5, and five, third most wins in the league. 3.06 ERA was sixth. Strikeouts per nine at 9.1, which is good, but an ERA plus of 146th. 
46, which was fourth overall in the league. The whip, 1.171. That was top 20. And then his uh, FIP, fielding independent pitching, was fifth overall at 3.02. The dude was outstanding. And he, he actually showed signs of being this good in 2022 before last year. So it, it's not like this was the only time he's been this good. Like there's been a, a little bit of a, a track record with him that uh, he's had some success the last two seasons, not just last year. Now, one thing that I'm going to point out that maybe not a lot of people know about Justin Steele, he's not like young. He's going to be 29 this season. So he's older than a lot of people think, but I'm not going to put that against him as a negative. I mean, Sonny Gray's 34. Uh, but um, he certainly, with everything that he did last year and the year before, that uh, makes the case to have the top spot as the number one pitcher in the NL Central. So, uh, so far we got Gray. We got Justin Steele. Let's move on to the next one. Pittsburgh Pirates, Mitch Keller, uh, former second-round pick from the Pirates uh, back in, what, 2014? Been in the majors since 2019. Uh, the wins are going to be low over his career because he's been in Pittsburgh. But last year, when the team was much more competitive, he goes 13 and nine with a 4.21 ERA, 210 strikeouts in 32 starts, 9.7 strikeout rate per nine. That's fantastic. ERA plus at 105, a little lower than you'd like. The FIP is high, 3.80, and the WHIP high at 1.245. I'm not going to argue with you about. Keller being a solid pitcher, every single person in their this division would love to have a Mitch Keller in their rotation. I mean, for the Cardinals personally, if you had a Mitch Keller to go with Sonny Gray, you're pretty darn happy right now. And then let the, the rest of the rotation do what it does. But uh, I'm not going to – I just can't say that he's a top guy in the division. I just can't say that right now. He's a very good pitcher, could very well continue to ascend – in the division and beyond. But uh, as of right now, uh, I, j- I can't give him, I can't say he's better than Sonny Gray or Justin Steele at this time. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next on the list, we've got the Milwaukee Brewers, Freddie Peralta. Now, Freddie Peralta uh, will presumably take over as the new ace of the Brewers pitching staff in 2024. He'll turn 28 this season and has been in the major since 2018. Over his career, he's amassed a 42 in 27 record, although eight of those wins have actually come in relief appearances. He wasn't a starter right away. As a starter, the record dips a bit. He's 34 and 25, 576 winning percentage. You'll take that over 500. Uh, last year, he picks up 12 of them. He goes 12 and 10 with an ERA of 3.86. More strikeouts, just like Keller, 210 and 165 and two thirds innings for a strikeout per nine of 11.4. His FIP, 3.85. That's high. Whip, 1.117. You like that? That was 11th in the league. Opponents only hit 212 against Freddie Peralta last year. That was the sixth best batting average against for a starter in the league. But there are some negatives. Mentioned the FIP there, 3.85. That's high. Uh, He gave up 26 home runs last year. Same amount as Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. And we know we felt like Miles Michaelis was giving them up left and right. So uh, 26 is a a decent amount. And the ERA plus was a 112. So good, not great. Not great. Not Justin Steele, not Sonny Gray range. Another very good pitcher with potential to be even better, but can't hand hand him the title yet here in 2024. Uh, Give me another solid one. Do better than last year, but keep going. And uh, same thing with Mitch Keller. 
keep going and show us more. And uh, perhaps you take over that role next year. Uh, finally, we come to the Cincinnati Reds, who have former number two overall pick Hunter Green as uh, their staff ace this year. This was kind of weird for me, too, because you go look at the numbers and you see what Andrew Abbott did last year, uh, a healthy Nick Lodolo. You see what he can do. And Hunter Green, number two overall pick, and we don't have to go too far in depth here because Green is still very young. He's the youngest one out of all of them on the list here. He's going to turn 25 in August. Absolute flamethrower for an arm, right? Strikeouts per nine, 12.2 over 22 starts last year. Has shown signs of dominance in a few games where you're just like, wow, there it is. There is that number two overall pick potential that the Reds drafted him for. But then you go look at the rest of his numbers and you're like, huh? He's still more potential than he is reality of being a complete staff ace. Goes four and seven last year. Again, 22 starts. So the injuries have also been an issue for Hunter Green over the last few years. Career record of nine and 20. ERA, 4.82 last year. His whip, 1.420. The FIP, 4.25. ERA plus below average at 95. Now, could he become what everybody thought he was going to be when he was taken number two overall? Of course he can. He's got plenty of time. Again, 25 years old. But not yet. Not yet. I mean, look at those numbers. Like, those are those are ugly. Other than the strikeouts, you're not all that thrilled about anything you see from Hunter Green stats-wise. Again, there have been games where you're like, and the Cardinals have been on the other side of it before, where he just comes out just mowing people down. But overall, he hasn't been able to put together a complete season that makes you say, hey, he's the best pitcher in the division. Has the potential, could be the best overall next year, year after that. It's a possibility, but not yet. Not yet. So um, if there were other guys that you think should be labeled as the top guy on their team that I didn't mention here, uh, let me know in the comments section. But from everything I've gathered, it seems like a two-horse race here, right? Between the Cubs, Justin Steele, and the Cardinals, Sonny Gray. You can argue with me about it, and I want to hear those arguments in the comments section down below. But to me, it's up to those two guys. I'll tell you who I'm taking next on Locked on Cardinals. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows, which is covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So now that you've uh, heard the information, you've gotten all the evidence, is the jury ready to give a verdict in the case? of naming the top preseason pitcher in the NL Central? I believe we have. I believe we've come to a decision. And if you want to call me a homer, you can. But for me, I'm taking Sonny Gray from the St. Louis Cardinals as the top pitcher in the NL Central this year. Starting pitcher. Let's be very specific about that. Top starting pitcher in the NL Central. And I'm saying this not because he's a St. Louis Cardinal and I'm a fan of the Cardinals and I do the Locked On Cardinals podcast, but it's about what he's done the last five years with the Reds and with the Twins. Over those five seasons, his ERA is 3.22. 
His strikeouts per nine at 9.8. He's got a whip of 1.14. His FIP, 3.34. His ERA plus is 138. His average war, and we're going to take out the COVID year here because, you know, it accumulates over the length of a season and, you know, it wasn't very long that year. But his average war over those other four seasons, 4.2. That's really good. And this is all while pitching three of those seasons in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark, or as we like to call it in St. Louis, Great American Small Park. One of the top three offensive ballparks in all of baseball, along with uh, Coors Field and Fenway Park. So he's doing it, pitching half his games there. And it's not like where Minnesota plays, Target Field, is like a pitcher's ballpark. It's like, like right in the middle. St. Louis, Bush Stadium, a little bit lower down, more of a pitcher's park. Twins kind of in the middle there, maybe a little bit closer to the offensive side of things, but then you got Great American Ballpark, which is woof, way there at the top. So um, all of Gray's numbers that I just gave you for the five years that he's been pitching with the Reds and with the Twins, all of Gray's numbers outside of the ERA are better than what Justin Steele just did in his one and only career year. Now, I think Steele is very, very good. In fact, we got to see it firsthand last year as, as the St. Louis Cardinals played the Cubs and Justin Steele sliced and diced them. Uh, he went 4-0 with a 2.59 ERA against them last year. Just made him look silly. I'm going to take the guy with the track record, though. I appreciate you, Justin Steele, and I think you had a fantastic year last year, and I like what you did in 2022 before that, but Sonny Gray has got that track record over a longer period of time. If the numbers were reversed, just proof, if the numbers were reversed and it was Justin Steele who had Gray's numbers and Gray had Steele's, I would take Justin Steele. I would. This is not a Cubs-Cardinals thing. It's just stats and information that is available. And Sonny Gray has proven that he can be the same pitcher he was last year, maybe a little bit less than that, but he can be right at that level every year. Justin Steele hasn't really had a chance to prove himself yet. He's only been in the show for three years, and uh, last year was obviously the big one where he was the big guy on campus for the Chicago Cubs. Um, is Steele's future brighter than Sonny Gray's? Probably. He's got age on his side, and again, the guy is really, really good. Uh, to give Steele some credit, pitching at Wrigley Field is no picnic. Uh, it's actually up there as one of the better offensive ballparks in baseball as well. So it's a really tight race, and I don't think picking Steele, if somebody argued and said, no, 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 Justin Steele, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. But for me, for this season, I'm going to take Sonny Gray. And if he sinks and Steele ends up soaring, then I'll be wrong, but only slightly because I've admitted, and I'm telling you, Justin Steele is great. I'm not bashing the guy. I'm telling you, he's really, really good. And if he rips off another stellar season like he just had in Chicago, he'll likely be the top guy in the division. But for my money, for 2024, preseason, give me Sonny Gray. Give me Sonny Gray. All right, before we wrap up, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Cardinals. They have finalized the uh, Keenan Middleton contract. Here he is. Rawr! Getting all crazy on the mound for the White Sox last year. Uh, it's a one-year deal, $6 million. He will earn $5 million in 2024, and the Cardinals have a $6 million option for 2025 with a $1 million buyout. Uh, had a career year last year with the White Sox and the Yankees, 11.4 strikeouts per nine. 
667 opponent OPS, 57.4% ground ball percentage. These are all things that sound wonderful on paper, and you just hope that Middleton can reproduce what he did last year for the Cardinals this year. That's what you're looking for. Um, there's no guarantees that that will happen, but they like the changes that he made last year. They like that uh, instead of throwing the fastball as much, he, he relied on that changeup and breaking ball a little bit more, and it obviously uh, paid off in the end with the numbers that we saw from him last year. Uh, on the acquisition, John Mosellock said, acquiring additional proven depth for our bullpen was something we have been focused on. Keenan's experience in getting outs in the back half of games offers us another strong addition to the bullpen mix. And again, uh, this is just another arm to add to the ton of arms that they got out there. Not all of them are like superstars or anything like that. Some of them you don't really know. You're not that familiar with. So it's kind of like you don't know what you're getting into bullpen-wise next season. You're hoping you'll learn more about these guys in spring training and things will play out. And the best of the best will go to St. Louis. The rest of them will head back to uh, AAA Memphis and uh, they'll be there as depth pieces for if and when somebody goes down because the likelihood is that guys will get hurt. It happens every year. So um, that's kind of the idea behind the uh, Keenan Middleton signing here. Now to make room for Middleton on the 40-man roster, the team did designate right-handed reliever Guillermo Zuniga for assignment. Now some people were, I was reading the comments about this, and some people were upset about Zuniga getting uh, getting DFA'd. And I, I, I can understand a little bit of the frustration there he is pitching with the Cardinals last year on the, on YouTube. Um, 25 years old, has an electric arm, which we saw on display in the World Baseball Classic when he pitched against Team USA. Uh, if you haven't seen the, the video of him throwing for Columbia when he struck out Paul Goldschmidt and Mike Trout, uh, even the announcers are like, whoa, who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Big guy, 6'5". Big arm. Seems like an idiotic move to allow somebody like that to get free. But he pitched just twice in the major leagues last season due to arm injuries. Uh, it was uh, elbow. He had the forearm strain. But even before the injuries took him out last year, at AAA Memphis, he wasn't very good, you guys. Uh, the Memphis numbers, 29 appearances, 0-2, ERA of 7.63, 20 walks. In just over 30 innings, 37 strikeouts, which is good. That's what he does well. But 27 runs, 32 hits, six dingers, and just 30 innings out of the bullpen. Those are not good numbers whatsoever. Now, before that, he had never pitched any higher than double A before last season. And he was pretty good at double A. He wasn't like dominant where he was just making people look silly, but he was pretty good. Came up to triple A and things did not go all that well. But again, He's younger at age 25, and uh, he's got that big arm. So is it something that you want to do is to allow something like that to be claimed uh, on the waiver wire? Of course not. But it's not like he's been performing like the next Lee Smith, <laughs> even with all the tools that he has. Best case scenario, he, clear he clears waivers like Moises Gomez did, which in case you didn't know about that, Moises Gomez, who was also DFA'd, uh, did clear waivers and has been assigned to Memphis. Um, and hopefully that's what happens here. With Zuniga, uh, the Cardinals won't, don't lose him. You hope that. And uh, hopefully after that happens, they can continue to work with him at Memphis uh, when he's good and healthy because that's like, you know, that's kind of important. 
you know, if he's dealing with elbow issues and arm issues last year, probably had an effect on what he was doing on the mound. So get him healthy. Hopefully he gets to stick around the Cardinals organization. But uh, as of right now, DFA'd. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You can help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. Those who were asking last time I wore this, St. Louis Cardinals hockey jersey on the YouTube here. All-Star weekend, so I figured I'd go uh, throw throw the hockey on there. But uh, anyway, you guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.